0: Please speak up. Right. The the reading is taken from Exodus, chapter thirty-one, and verses one to eleven, and it's on page ninety in the uh, Church Bibles. Bezalel and I always keep take these off. Bezalel and Then the Lord said to Moses, see, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with skill, ability, and knowledge in all kinds of crafts, to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of craftsmanship. Moreover, I have appointed Oholiab, son of Ahisamach, of the tribe of Dan, to help him. Also, I have given skill to all the craftsmen to make everything I have commanded you. The tent of meeting, the ark of the testimony, with the atonement coverer on it, and all the other furnishings of the tent, the table and its articles, the pure gold lampstand and all its accessories, the altar of incense, the altar of burnt offering and all its utensils, the basin with its stand, and also the woven garments, both the sacred garments for Aaron the priest and the garments for his sons when they serve as priests, and the anointing oil and fragrant incense for the holy place. They are to make them just as I commanded you." Here ends the lesson. Praise the Lord.
1: Thank you, Anne. And good morning. Can I add my welcome to Ray's welcome that he already provided? Um, for those that don't know me, my name is uh, Richard Warren. Uh, I've been worshipping with Rachel and our family at this church since 1994, actually. Um, and uh, it's been a, a, a wonderful time for us uh, here. Uh, I'm also treasurer of the church. So uh, before um, I start my sermon, could I ask you to uh, pray with me? in the words of uh, Psalm 19. May the words of my mouth and the thoughts and meditations of each of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Well, when I was asked to preach on this passage which was uh, so uh, read so well by Anne, I-, I must confess I was a little bit disappointed um, just as Cheska said, when you read, first read this, it's a bit of a struggle to think what one can make of it. Here we have a story set three and a half thousand years ago in the desert about the building of the tabernacle. Now in some ways that sounds quite impressive, but actually it was a tent um, with a, a, a surround uh, around it made out of cloth. But really, it was just a tent, not a a fancy temple with gold leaf uh, on the uh, dome, not St. Peter's Basilica in Rome, but a tent. So what are we to make of this story involving two virtually unpronounceable characters that are mentioned just three times in the Bible? Well, fortunately, like so much in the Bible, there's a bit more to it than just meets the eye with a first reading. And I hope that we can discover together how relevant this passage is to us today in Woking, or wherever you are listening to this online, as it was to the Israelites all those years ago. And like the rest of the book of Exodus that we've been reading, there's much more to it than a story of the Israelites escaping their captivity in Egypt. As we've seen throughout the series, It really contains a description of how God wanted his people to live, an instruction manual really, just as an instruction manual for us today. It also shows how God equipped the Israelites through their journey and how he equips us. Uh, We had John's preaching us on uh, the food that he provided in the desert. And we learned about the water that he needed. How he parted the Red Seas is another example of that. And the, and the Ten Commandments. So God equips all of us, not just the prophet Moses, but all the people in Israel. So let's turn to the passage, uh, which you can find in page 19. It might help to have it open in front of you because I will be referring to it. When I was a child, my uh, parents uh, needed a plumber. And they uh, chose a firm whose name stuck in my mind. The firm was called Fiddle and Leak, (laughs) believe it or not. Um, Fortunately, they didn't live up to their name, and I think they did a good job, as far as I'm aware, uh, for a reasonable price. So what about that firm of tabernacle builders, of Bezalel and Holiab? How is it that 3,500 years later we're talking about them still? Well, just like that firm Fiddle and Leek, their names actually did have a meaning to the Israelites. Bezalel uh, means "in God's shadow" or "under His protection," which is a, a good name for someone who's going to be given an important task of uh, building. And he was, it's said in the passage, from the tribe of Judah, which was actually the tribe of the uh, highest standing, uh, and in fact. There was another famous craftsman from the tribe of Judah that we all know about and that was that carpenter Jesus uh, who uh, came from that very same tribe. And what about Oholiab? Well, his name means Father's Tent which when one looks uh, at the uh, tabernacle is, is another apt name. But there's another detail in the passage which says that Oholiab was from the tribe of Dan. Now Dan was at the Opposite end of the social spectrum from Judah, so they were the sort of the lowest tribe. But it seems that God didn't particularly mind the fact that He was putting two people together from opposite ends of the social spectrum to lead this effort of building the tent. And it doesn't seem like, I knew I'd get that wrong at some point, that either of them worried about being at the end of the social structure either. They get on with the job, irrespective of their backgrounds. So God doesn't care about people standing. And when we turn to the New Testament and read about Jesus, it's clear from Jesus' message that he didn't care either. Whether you're that rich young ruler that we talked about a few weeks ago on Mission Sunday, uh, or a poor person. Whether you were a fisherman or tax collector, a Samaritan or Roman centurion, it didn't really matter to Jesus. And his message was good for them all. And by his grace, they could all be saved. So God doesn't care about our background. And I guess as a church, one of the first lessons from this passage is we shouldn't care about people's backgrounds either or their social standing. In modern society, uh, we're often judged by our social standing or our wealth uh, as being an indication of our importance. But that's not the message today in this passage, nor from the Bible more broadly. And now let's look at verse 3 and 4 and 5 and 6 from the passage, where we hear about the skills and the background of these two individuals who were tasked with leading the artisans to build the tent. And it reads here, And it filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge and with all kinds of skills, to make artistic designs, for work in gold, silver and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood and to engage in all kinds of crafts. Well, I think if you read that in checker trade for a building firm, one might be quite impressed and hire them. There is quite a long list of skills. But it's worth noting the very first uh, attribute that was mentioned, that he was filled with the Holy Spirit. This is, in fact, one of the first references to in the Bible to someone being filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's not reserved for a holy man, a prophet, a great preacher. But no, a man skilled in building. And I think that's a message for us all. The Holy Spirit is for everyone, just as it was on the day of Pentecost that we talked about a few weeks ago, that it filled that room and the people in it. It's for all of us, whether we're an architect, an engineer, an accountant, dare I say even my old profession, a lawyer. A lawyer. Uh, it is for us all. And it is a gift to each of us to help us. And of course, there were all those other skills that were possessed by Bezalel and Aholia. And they were gifts from God. It's very explicit in the passage that God gave them those gifts. And in fact, in some of the commentaries that I read, it said it was quite unlikely that when they were in, in Cap captured and slaves in Egypt that they would have many opportunities to do the finer skilled work they were more likely to be laborers working hard out in the fields or or useful in manual labor I don't know if that's true but it's clear that these were gifts from God to help them do their work and these are gifts for each of us to use our gifts from God as are our possessions and just as Moses was given a vision for building the tabernacle so was he given the people to uh, actually work out that vision uh, in Bezalel and Oholiab and all the artisans that worked with them and actually later on in the passage we also read uh, that they raised more than enough money to fund all that fine work uh, that he did that they did as a team. In fact, so much more that they had to give some of it back. So, so far, we've seen three things out of this passage. That God is not interested in, in our status, in anyone's status. That the Holy Spirit is a gift for us all. And that our skills, our talents, and possessions are gifts from God. But I think there's one more important lesson in this passage and that's the importance and centrality of worship and it's a lesson of how God wants us to live as in so much of exodus and the description of the building of the tabernacle is a sign that he wants to dwell amongst us and he wants a place for his people to meet him And it was an apt place for a a nomadic people as as the Israelites were at this stage. You can imagine, as they moved, they could break camp, they could take down the tent and move it and re-erect it. So it was a very appropriate one, even if not perhaps as grand as that. But as today we meet in St. Mary of Bethany, this fine building, or wherever we are listening in YouTube, it's a reminder that that simple, simple tabernacle that was built by the artisans, was the sort of ancestor of all churches, whether it's St. Paul's Basilica in Rome or St. Mary of Bethany here. And in so many ways, when I think about what we've been studying in Exodus, the whole passage, the whole book, shows how God provided the support the Israelites needed through adversity in many cases. And it reminded me a little bit of Mike Jago's story, he talked about that rich young man a few weeks ago during Making Mission Possible Sunday. And as Ray said, there's still a the chance to give, if you wish, to our partners in Making Mission. But in thinking back to that passage and the story and how that young rich ruler asked what it takes to become to inherit eternal life, in effect. And Jesus looked into his heart and saw what it would take for him, uh, which was a tough lesson, perhaps too tough for that young man. And the disciples were somewhat dismayed by how hard that would look. And you remember that odd phrase that's used, that it's, it, Jesus said, it can be harder for someone to get into the kingdom of heaven than for the camel to go through that eye of the needle, that perhaps that narrow gate in Jerusalem. And they were very dismayed and say, how is this going to be possible for anyone to do that? And Jesus' reply is very much in the spirit of this passage. With men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So despite being lost in the wilderness and all the challenges that they faced, They were able to build that tabernacle tent. They were able to find a place for worship. And God showed them the right people to do that. So I think we've got a lot to be grateful for for this story. For the story of Bezalel and Holyab, if you can say it. Easy for me to say. And it is a reminder of God's value. And as I look out today into our church, I can see people just like them who have devoted their lives, who've used their skills in service. We're very grateful for the new windows at the front that would not have happened without people just like Bezel and Al and Hoholiab, who had the skills but were willing to use them and answer that call. And I'm sure all of us out there have those skills that God has given us, those possessions, that he's just going to nudge us as to what he'd want us to do. Uh, and, and there is much that we can do with all that God has given us for which we're grateful. So I'd like to end with a short prayer which maybe you might wish to pray in your hearts with me. Um, We thank God for the faithfulness of Bezalel and Aholiab and for the skills and gifts that God has given to each one of us. We pray that God will show us how he wants us to use these in his service. Amen. And thank you.